You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Champions League returns Tuesday preview of the round of 16 second legs. We have Jimmy Conrad and James Bench to chat Juventus against Porto, Borussia Dortmund against Sevilla. Gego Lasso Tuesday Champions League preview begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. This is our Champions League Tuesday preview. Round of 16. Second legs are here. And we welcome Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, what's up, man? <laughs> what is up, Luis? I'm excited for a massive week of games. So hopefully everybody else is excited, too. A massive game. And we welcome back the beautiful man that is James Bench. Bench, how are you, my friend? I'm great. What a lovely way to be uh, introduced. What a lovely way to be brought back. I enjoyed my my week of relative peace and quiet, but ready and raring to go for some UCL and some obviously some Europa League as well. Absolutely. Welcome both of you. And as we mentioned, of course, Tuesday, Champions Leagues. I messed that up. Tuesday, Champions <laughs> League preview. That's what it is, baby. Jimmy Conrad, Hi. let's begin with okay. Juventus against Porto down 2-1, second leg. What do you have for me? So what I'm going to say is I think the kiss of death for Porto was them giving up that 82nd-minute goal to Federico Chiesa in the first leg. They were in complete control. Juve didn't have much going. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's only beaten Porto once out of now seven tries. He only had one shot on goal the whole game. That's the least amount of shots he's had in a Champions League game since 2010 or less. Something crazy, right? So... Pretty impressive performance from Porto, but they made their own luck. They scored after 30 seconds in the first half, scored after 19 seconds in the second half. I mean, you got to respect the hustle. I don't think Juve is going to be duped this time around. I don't think there's going to be as much uh, naivete, as they like to say. Uh, and I think they're going to come out ready to go. Alvaro Morata scored three goals in his last two games. I think he's going to start. He didn't start leg one. I think Ronaldo's going to be up for it. That's why they bought him, right? They bought him to win a Champions League, not to win Scudettos. They can do that without him. They're not going to do it this season with him, but, but, I, I just, that's the reason he's here. And if he can't get it done, then, then they need to move him on and figure out what's going to be next. So this is a really pivotal game for Cristiano Ronaldo in particular. And I think he's going to be up for it. This guy loves the big moments. So I got Juve to win. I think it's going to be tight and under two and a half goals at plus 270. I like that line a lot. I could see a 1-0, 2-0 here. I think Juve is going to lock things down in the back. They've been very good at getting clean sheets at home. And then I have CR7 to score and Juve to win 1-0-2-0 or 2-1 plus 340. The 2-1 doesn't help them per se. It just sends it into extra time. But, but I, I think any of those three results could happen. I think CR7 is going to show up. I think he's going to be ready to go. And I think it's going to be a great one to watch because Porto do have uh, some weapons, including Musa Morega up top, who scored that second goal on leg one, who's very difficult to mark. So we'll see what center backs get rolled out for Juve. Lots of great information there, Jimmy Conrad. You mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, who didn't play the full game this weekend against Lazio, and they got the job done. James Bench, what do you make of this game? Can Juventus make it happen here against Porto with that one goal lead? Yeah, it was interesting, Jimmy, mentioning Ronaldo because, I mean, I was looking at some of the numbers this week. and It's crazy that this this guy that is he's supposed to be, I mean, he's, what, 30, just turned 36. He's having one of his best shooting seasons ever 25% of his shots in the penalty area end up in the net. That's his best return since 2013, 14. 
he has, you know, we, we always talk, we've been talking for years about how he's pared down his game. And this is what he's become now, just a pure penalty box player, a great finisher. And I know that, I, I suppose it depends how you want to view the rest of Juventus and whether it's his responsibility to get the rest of this team to the promised land that they couldn't get to without him, or whether it's really, actually, the team is kind of just, slowed a bit around him it's a little bit underwhelming and my fear for Juventus this season uh, this season and even tomorrow is that they won't they just won't get the service to Ronaldo and if you can isolate Ronaldo of course there are weapons Fede Chiesa, Maratta, Weston McKenney obviously we love seeing him do so well but you know it, Ronaldo has, had scored every single one of Juventus's knockout goals in the Champions League in the two seasons prior to Chiesa's goal. This team is hugely reliant on, on Ronaldo. And the truth is, you can't just say, well, we'll stop Ronaldo and we'll stop Juventus because it's not always that easy to stop Ronaldo. But that's got to be Porto's game plan. Let's try and limit service to Ronaldo. Let's let's force Juventus to beat us with Alvaro Morata, almost the, the opposite, the ultimate non-clutch player, the player you would least want the game to go to if it's on the line. Yeah, it's a really tough one. I'm I'm struggling to get a read on it. I've, I fancy Juventus because pure quality of players. I think they'll get through. But Porto are, are disciplined. They're a hard team. They annoy you. They you know they they hit you hard. They make the most of their set plays. Solid players across the pitch. Um, I think this was going to be really close. I like Jimmy's bet. Uh, I think Juventus probably just shade it, but it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, you mentioned a little bit about Porto's strategy for tomorrow. I'm wondering that too. Jimmy Conrad, how that's going to work. Do they go into this kind of like what we talked about Sevilla and Barcelona, right? Do they go into this thinking, listen, pretend we're 2-1 down. Let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. Let's use Marega and, uh, you know, his strength up top and his ability to move outside the box. Or let's really protect what we have and let's see what they have and, and work on the counter. What do you think is Porto going to do here? I mean, you mentioned about Juve's win maybe, but how can Porto make sure that they go through? Yeah, that's a good question. Their their game on the weekend against Braga, they lost three to two, you know, and that was uh, they were down three zero. So that wasn't a nice lead into this one in particular. It's a tough one. I I, I like uh, Sergio Conte Sal as a manager. Obviously, he's done very well in the Champions League. They got five clean sheets out of their six games so far throughout this competition. So you have to respect that. But I don't know. I just think this Juve team is going to be up for it. I really think that Juan Cuadrado coming back into the team is a big deal. John Square. John Square, as I like to call him, of course. And, and his relationship on the right side with Chiesa is going to be very important in terms of that service that James Benz is talking about, the beautiful man known as James Benz. And I think his matchup against Otavio, those two, those two against Otavio and Sanusi on the left side for Porto is going to be really, really important. But again, Chiesa did find a way to have some success. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to limit Chiesa. He makes that attack a lot more dynamic. He runs at teams. And when you have a player that runs at, at, at other teams, opposing defenses, that attracts a lot of attention. And that allows him to then, once he gets that extra guy to come over, that's extra space that's open for somebody else. And if that extra space just happens to be to Cristiano Ronaldo, that's lights out because as Benj correctly said, he is lethal inside the box. And I just suspect they're going to try to figure out ways to unlock that. And if Kulisewski starts, he's another player that likes to run at defenses and that maybe you can unbalance them on either side. I don't expect Kulisewski to start, but I do expect Chiesa to start. And I just think that there's a little bit momentum. If they didn't have that goal, Juve, I'd be really concerned for Juve right now because I'm like, where are they going to get it? I think they're going to have to push too high and leave themselves very vulnerable on the back with Morega, who could really hurt you, or Taremi up as, as well, that can hurt you up top from, from Porto's perspective. 
but I don't, I don't really don't know. That's my really long way of not answering your question directly because yes, you have to focus on Ronaldo, but I think there are a couple other pieces there that can really unlock that defense and, and really put uh, give, give Ronaldo maybe some more one-on-one -on -one looks because the other players are so dangerous. Yeah, one thing that really worries me is that you mentioned the Porto's game this weekend. Tecatito Corona came out of that game uh, after a head clash. He's just huge. He was a little quiet in this first leg. I, I, I wish, I don't know, we actually don't think that he'll feature in this one, so it's going to be worrying. But all right, let's, let's finish this up here. Let's begin with you, James Bench. If I have to ask you to give me a definite answer here, a scoreline for this second leg, and then overall, taking in mind that, of course, Juve trails 2-1. What's your score in this second leg, and who goes through? I have just done all my predictions, so I know all these very well. Perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 2-0 uh, to Juventus. It's not going to be easy. Um, just going back to what Jimmy was saying, Porto need to go hell for leather for that early goal. You know, if they can get, if they can cancel out the away goals, brilliant. But yeah, 2 0 Juve, I think. 2 nothing Juventus, uh, making it a 3 2. Uh, and Juve going through. Jimmy Conrad, you obviously have Juve winning. Yeah. Can you give me an exact scoreline here? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards what Ben just saying as well. Juve have scored exactly three goals in each of their last three home games and have uh, six clean sheets in their last seven on home soil. So I like all those trends. I like the fact that you have one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to ever do it in the Champions League and Cristiano Ronaldo on your team. So I'll say I'll say 2-0 to Juve as well. I also had this other bet that I was considering. I didn't throw it out to you guys, but a draw in the first half because I really feel like Porto is going to come out and try to lock it in. And then Juve win the second half. That's plus 320. Just another uh, line for you guys to consider on William Hill. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm going to, because go, you guys came out guns blazing today. I'm going with you. I'm going with a 2 nothing as well. Oh, wow, look at uh, us. Yeah, I just. We're all friends. We all <laughs> we're agree. all friends. But listen, <laughs> I think one major component, as you both mentioned it, I think the fact that they conceded that Chiesa goal in the first leg is just it, it was already written. And I think Chiesa is going to do it again, actually. Wow. Um, so I'm going with 2 nothing as well. So there you have it. 2 wow. nothing. Any final words before we move on to, uh, well, we, we take a break and then move on to the second game. Uh, James Bench, anything else from this game? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. 2 nothing. Jimmy? Sedge, my piece. Uh, yeah, I say, I just, I, I'm curious if, if, if Juve don't win this game, what happens to the squad? How do they, how do, they're not winning the Scudetto. So what happens to the future of Ronaldo and Andrea Pirlo, the manager? There's a lot, I think, underlying this whole, this result is so massive in so many different ways. So keep your eyes on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Andrea Pirlo will, as you mentioned, they're not going to win the Scudetto. We don't think Inter should take that. And if they don't win the Champions League, what's left to go? All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk Borussia Dortmund against Sevilla. Stay right here. Que golazo. Tuesday Champions League preview. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to Kegolazo Champions League Tuesday preview. Jimmy Conrad, James Benj. Jimmy, let's begin with you. Borussia Dortmund with a 3-2 lead against Sevilla. They lost 4-2 against Bayern Munich this weekend. Uh, I'm wondering what will happen here. Talk to me about this game. This is a great one. I, I really want to say that Sevilla aren't going to roll over for anybody. They've lost four out of their last five. So I guess maybe they've rolled over for a couple of people along the way. And that was kickstarted by them losing to, to Borussia Dortmund 3-2 in the first leg. They just weren't prepared. And what I'll say with regard to that, the second half of the first leg is that they switched to a back three and they, they spread out their two center backs, Diego Carlos and, and Jules Kunde, and then put their normal CDM, their holding midfielder, Fernando in between them. And they looked infinitely different. I suspect that Sevilla will start the same way. They were a lot more competitive in that second half. They were creating opportunities. They got pretty much everybody healthy. I think Lucas Ocampo's coming back into the team is very, very important. You got Suso. Uh, really, the big decision is do you start in Nesri up top, who started off the season very well, or if you go to Luke de Jong, who's been scoring goals as of late. This is a really, really good match in so many different ways. Borussia Dortmund, as you mentioned, lost 4-2, but they came out guns blazing, and they're very good at starting games strong. They just can't see them out. And we saw Sevilla get two all-important away goals, right? Very similar to, to, to Juve, where they got, they got a little, little something, enough to give them the belief that maybe we can turn this around. And I just want to say that Sevilla are an experienced team. It isn't like they're going to feel sorry for themselves. They're going to come out and get after it. And they have some hardened professionals that know how to do it. I like Sevilla to win this game. I don't know if they're going to go through because they could win 2-1 and not go through, right? Because of the three away goals from Borussia Dortmund. But I like Sevilla to win straight up. Plus 215 is tremendous value. And then I got some crazy one. This is probably one of the crazier ones I've thrown at you guys. I like Erling Haaland to score. Sevilla to win and both teams to score plus 750. I, I don't know why I feel that way. It's, it's really easy to say, well, Dortmund will shake off the, the Bayern Munich thing. They got all this, but no Jaden Sancho, uh, no Gio Reyna for the most part, from what I understand. And I really think one of their biggest losses that we don't talk about enough is Axel Witzel. He's been holding down that midfield in a really meaningful way for Dortmund. And since he's been out, they've been uneven. And so that's just something to throw out to you guys. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but that's what I'm going with. No, I like it a lot. Uh, obviously, the key storylines for Borussia Dortmund, Jaden Sancho, right? Uh, Guerrero is a doubt. Mm -hmm. Holland, who came off uh, earlier in that game. James Bench, what do you make of this game? It's got everything because 3-2, plenty of goals in this one. Both sides can be vulnerable at the back. Yeah, it was one of the worst three twos I've ever seen, though. That's <laughs> the one thing I would say. True. And maybe that's because I was annoyed. I, I know I wasn't the only one on this on this pod who had Sevilla down as a dark horse and said they, they'd probably beat Dortmund quite comfortably. And it feels like everything's changed. And Guerrero, Sancho, big losses for Dortmund. Having said that, man, that Sevilla team was really underwhelming a few weeks ago. They looked terrified of Haaland literally, uh, you know, you could see Diego Carlos run away from where he was meant to be. Um, but for me with, with, with Sevilla, I th feel like the, I thought Papu Gomez would solve the big problem with this team that they create a lot of chances, but they create a lot of like low value, pretty unlikely to score chances. And you saw that um, in the first leg, Suso's deflected goal 
um, and then nothing much at all until Oscar Rodriguez came on. He was fantastic, by the way. I, I really like him. It was one of the first times I've see, seen him. I thought he was great, um, and I'd like to see him play a bit more because he, he is someone that just cuts through defences a little bit more. I thought there was a lot of nice interplay on the edge of the area, but they were never really looking like get behind Hummels and getting behind a Kanji, which shouldn't be the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So I just... I was really disappointed by Sevilla. Maybe that's why I kind of can't shake the idea that they're going to let me down again and I'm not willing to be hurt by them again. So I kind of think that this is a game where I really like the look of Dortmund. And, you know, we, we say, obviously, they, they lost against Bayern, but one of the best teams in Europe and for 88 minutes they were in the game. You know, it's not that far off a very creditable draw. And, I mean, you know, Haaland at the start of that game was something remarkable. So I, you know, I look at this and think, even without all those players, this Dortmund team is is motoring into form. They'd won some games before the the Bayern match, and um, I look at them and now I decided to give them my dark horse, uh, my dark horse status. They they've got it. They're cursed now. They will almost certainly get knocked out very soon and let me down again. But I'm going to keep believing. So Dortmund, here we go. I just I don't know about this game. It's so strange because the thing is, I don't even think the three two lead means anything actually i don't i obviously it means something that they're in that dorman's leading but my point and go back to jimmy's point about ocampo's returning sevilla is probably looking a little angry after uh you know allowing barcelona to do what they did to them in the copa del uh, race semifinals is there a chance for sevilla here you know they can make it i, I think the plan is this jimmy maybe lopetegui right what get a go in the first half don't concede then alls to play for in the second. And if Borussia Dortmund, who have looked shaky at the back, can allow that, then maybe. But, you know, it's not like Sevilla's defensively stout. So I'm just wondering, is Sevilla the favorite here? Uh, not, not the favorite, but would you say that Sevilla has a chance? Oh, I do. 100% think that Sevilla have a chance. And I do want to see how they respond to that Barcelona result and to losing to Elche over the weekend and to all these other things that are happening with them. This is a very experienced team. This is the Europa League reigning champs you know i mean this is this is a team that knows how to win tough games they've done it already they've proven it for whatever reason the champions league especially in the round of 16 they've only gotten past the round of 16 once in 60 years i find that to be mind-blowing given the fact that they've won six europa league titles in the last 15 years yeah uh, essentially because it's the same kind of teams you're playing against yeah sure some of them aren't as decorated as the Bayern Munich let's say but but they're still facing an Inter Milan in the final and, and grinding that out or they're beating Manchester United or whatever I mean they're still facing big clubs on the way to Europa League titles so I don't understand why that doesn't translate to the Champions League we'll see though I like James Benj's point a lot I don't know why I'm saying your full name but I'm just going to keep doing it for the rest <laughs> of the show I love James Benj's thought about that they need to figure out a way to stretch the Borussia Dortmund defense Dortmund are very good under Tursic, the interim manager. They're pressing higher up the field. And when they get exposed is when there's a little bit of speed in behind. And so there has to be a player that can do that for Sevilla. And that will open up. If that can happen, that will open up the space for whoever's underneath. So it could be Papa Gomez, Ocampos, Suso, whoever it is. Uh, that's a really important component. So I'm glad you brought that up, James Bench. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they definitely have a chance. I mean, they're one of the best attacking teams out wide in the world. They're very good at getting in, in at the end of crosses on the box. That's why Luke de Jong is very important for them. So that's why if he starts, he's not a guy, though, that's going to bring in or go, go you know, stretch 
stretch the defense a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see who Lopetegui goes with, but he's got options. And I felt like his options were a little bit more limited in leg one because they had some injuries to certain players. I wouldn't start Papa Gomez. I think he slows the game down too much and maybe you can bring him on as a super sub. I would try to get a little bit more energy and maybe more athleticism out there to, to really test those Borussia Dortmund defenders who have proven that they're not very good at defending those guys. Yeah, uh, and to your point about starting Pupu, uh, Papu Gomez, we'll see, obviously, in their 2-1 loss to Elche. We had Sousa coming in later in that game, so he can't tinker around. But the key here is options for Lepetegui, which could be big. All right, Bench, final score prediction here. It's 3-2 Borussia Dortmund leading. What's your score in this one, and who goes through in the end? Uh, I've gone 2-1 Dortmund. I really like this Dortmund team. So that's 5-3 on aggregate to them. Um, and I look forward to seeing who they draw in the uh, last eight. There you go. Jimmy Conrad? I'm going 2-1 Sevilla. So Dortmund still goes through, so James Bench can be happy. But uh, I like Sevilla to at least kind of save some face and, and not be completely embarrassed by a Dortmund team that's a little bit better than average. I mean, they obviously have some talent, but uh, they're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Sevilla because I talked to Monchi. I have such a soft spot for him <laughs> and Sevilla. And, you know, had I been given the Erling Haaland interview, I could have gone with Dortmund. But no, I'm going with Monchi, okay? So, no, I think it's going to be very tight. I think there's going to be goals from both sides. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gamble here. I'm going to say Sevilla is going to take this one. 2-1 um, as well, I think. Um, all right. Let's – well, that's it. Tuesday Champions League that's preview. It. Before we leave, I would love any thoughts about – Anything towards this game or even even quick thoughts on Wednesday's games. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, let's begin with you. Oh, man, uh, I'll stick with these games. Uh, I Again, very curious as to what happens to Dortmund. If they get knocked out of this, can they now find their way back into the top four? I think they'll get there in the Bundesliga and, and maybe catch Eintracht Frankfurt and, and Wolfsburg. But interesting times for Borussia Dortmund, obviously, with the interim manager and another one pl- managing Borussia Mönchengladbach that are taking them over in the summer. And just in general, I mean, how long will Erling Holland really stay? I, I just don't know how if he's going to stay past this summer, given how successful he is. Yep, very good point. James Benj, any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I just throwing it forward to Wednesday's games. Um, I have never... You know, when you're not emotionally invested in a game and you get to watch other people be, I've never been so excited as to see how Liverpool and Liverpool fans cope with being in quite a good position against RB Leipzig on Wednesday. Because my God, this is going to be a really stressful game for them. Um, I don't, you know, I think it's going to be like the must watch tie of the second legs um, because I think they could blow it. And, but I think it'll be so close. And the agony that Liverpool fans go through, it's going to be delicious. I'm going to really. <laughs> I would like them. I would like, point. I wish success upon them, but I really want them to suffer for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why not, huh? It's all waffles. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. That's our Champions League Tuesday preview. Jimmy Conrad, thanks so much, brother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. James Bench, thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank James Bench and Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Gegolasso Pod. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Gegolasso. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, cbsports.com. We have all the content that you need. And after the games, don't forget, we also have a recap. We don't leave you. We're here with you weekday all the time. Have a great week. Enjoy the Champions League and Europa later on. Have a great one. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. 
Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.